my friends. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. It is 2024. We're happy to be here. The digital revolution is in full swing. It's, I think, accelerating. And we've got somebody who is right in the middle of that to talk about some of the implications of what's coming up here. Wayne Saden, we've been having these wonderful monthly conversations for almost five years now. So it's good to see. And I hope the new year is off to a great start for you. Yeah, Bob, the new year is off to a great start for me. As you know, last year I took, for the first time in years, a real full-time CIO job. And I'm starting to get into the swing of what CIOs actually do instead of what consultants tell them they should do. Uh -huh. And there's a lot of, lot of you know, we, we can talk about all the architecture and the fun stuff and the cloud and the future, but in the real world, we buy stuff and we deal with vendors. And that's what I want to talk about today. All right. Now, Wayne, before we get to that, I just want to say, so, you know, you've done the consulting thing for a long time. You had fun with that. You worked with some terrific companies all over the world. But there's that line about, you know, to a full-time job, they make an honest man out of you. Is that, do you find that to be true? I want to say that I was always honest, Bob. But <laughs> in fact, what's cool about it, I'll, I'll mention the company. I work for a company called Price Smart. If you, yep. you live in the United States, you never heard of us. We operate in 13 countries, Latin America and the Caribbean. I'd never heard of the company. Imagine the Costco model, but in other countries. And the company is, what I love about them is they're honest, they're moral, they care about their people, they care about their customers. All the things people carve in marble in front of the you know, corporate headquarters, yeah. this company really believes. And they're starting to think about how to invest as a retailer in the future of technology. Because yeah. retailing as an industry has kind of been a little behind the times. And so they recognized it. And it was a perfect marriage between me, the consultant, who's done a bunch of things, and a company that has terrific ideals and ideas and now just needs some helping hands. And uh, I think we work very well together. And I'm having the time of my life, Bob. Fantastic. That's fantastic, Wayne. So um, with that, you know, price smart, the work you do, the modernization you talked about, you got to deal with a lot of technology vendors. And from your opening comment there a little bit, it sounds like that is uh, getting to be a little more interesting maybe than it needs to be. Yeah, Bob, you know, you're a CIO and you come into a company and you don't get to start everything from scratch. You walk in and the people are already here and the products are already here. And it may not have been the product you pick. So well, you look at it. Wayne, uh, how old is Price Smart? 35 years old, give okay. or take. And it came from another company. It actually descended from Costco. Okay. Price Costco was a company and they split. And so Price Smart's been around for over 30 years. Gotcha. Um, so some of the technology is, in fact, from the founding of the company, an old AS400 system that runs many companies. You know, the AS400's got a great, great trajectory. Yeah. Still, you still used in many places. But a lot of SaaS products got added along the way. So I'll tell you a story about some SaaS. It's maybe something a CIO may not have thought about. And then a, a kind of a story from the old school buy an asset software. Okay. The old way we used to buy software. So as a CIO, you walk in and you say, what, do you, what, what are the contracts? What are the products? What do we got? What's the infrastructure? And contracts come up for renewal. And unless there's a big issue, you look at them when they come up for renewal. And so... A couple of them are SaaS contracts. And I don't want to name any names because I'm not picking on a vendor. I'm picking on an industry model yeah. and saying, as a yeah. CIO, you better be aware of this. So we signed a multi-year contract a number of years ago with a vendor. It's a product that was designed to kind of be embedded in important business processes. It's used all through the company as glue to hold things together. 
So the model we had was pay us by a certain metric that grew was the company grew, but it was all you could eat. If you develop a new use for this, they didn't charge extra. It was not a usage-based model. Uh-huh. If you think back to the old days of packaged software, you bought the software, here was the module, and you bought a bigger server if you had more use. In SaaS, that is sometimes the model, but sometimes not. So our model was all you can eat. Product was used everywhere. Come back, contract's up, got to negotiate a new contract. So first of all, we're raising your bill by 40%. That's like, wow, 40%, that's a lot of money. In one year. budget's 40% from year to year. And the other one is what you're running today is that 40% increase. Everything you do beyond the apps, beyond the users, beyond the flows in that system will be billed extra. Mm -hmm. So instead of being a predictable number I could put in my budget, it is now literally an uncapped number that could be anything anybody wants it to be based on a metric of usage and complexity and blah, blah, blah. So now a tool that I was salting through the company, everybody let a thousand flowers bloom becomes, we need a business case for that screen. And that's not the way you want to use this class of tools, which is a high productivity, high performance kind of pro dev consumer tool. And so quite frankly, my only strategy was to hold my nose, sign a one-year contract and build a task force to ditch them. So in one year, they'll be gone. And their model changed. Oh, we have to recover our costs. And we were growing eyeballs. It was the, remember when we were growing eyeballs 20 something years ago? All the dot coms didn't care about burning money. They just had to grow eyeballs. And then eventually somebody had to pay the rent, pay everybody, pay the investors back. Everybody went broke. And so that model really annoyed me, Bob, because it came out of the blue. Yes. How do you change a business model like that and walk into a contract truck and say, hey, new terms? Contract may double or triple. No big deal, right? Yeah, that that was one. Wayne, I, I believe, too, and I think you and I have had enough conversations, we share this, you know, the free enterprise business, you're free to do whatever you want. Uh, they want to do that. And maybe they think their customers say, hey, you know, I, I preferred if they didn't raise it 40%, but sure, I'll do that. And everything on top of that is now additional cost. And I can't get a predictable model here. Sure, no problem. I especially, you know, there are good parts of the economy right now. There's some parts that are real tough. And um, I think professionals in your position are willing to spend money, but you got to have a very clear, demonstrable, predictable uh, business outcome from that, right? When somebody throws this up like that, especially Wayne, too, you're trying to propagate across this company now a new sense of let's focus more on data. Let's get more people involved. Let's have more people be able to you know, as you said, let a thousand flowers bloom. And this idea, I mean, did anybody at the company vet this with somebody else and maybe say, how do you think people react if we? And I'll tell you what, I talked to a sales executive, somebody above the salesperson who said, yeah, I've been doing this apology tour for the last six months. They Mm. changed the business model. So so my, my comment to the vendors is, I recognize you have to make money. Yeah. But if you come to a good client that, that believed in you and you were a lot smaller three, four, five years ago, and you come to them and don't partner with them, you're not coming to them and talking about our change models, changing in two years, get ready. Here's how you can use the system better. I'll give you some credits maybe to learn something will change. It's how the system is work, how it works. They just came and said, here's your new bill, 40% more and uncapped it, eat it. 
And so the partnership aspect, we talk about co-creation. Yeah. We talk about yeah. partnership with acceleration economy. And if the vendor is just a transaction, when the contract expires, anything can happen, then we as CIOs can't predict the future. And so we're going to be tempted to do less business with these kind of vendors. Uh, you got you to trust the vendor. Tempted seems to be a soft word there. No, I'm being kind, but they're going in a year. And I've literally put a tap. I figured it was cheaper to hire people, contractors, <laughs> to get them out than it is yeah. to keep paying the ever-increasing bill. Wow. So then I had another one, another vendor in another area that's vital to companies that is widely used in our company that we partnered with when they were much smaller. The multi-year contract is up. And they said to us a couple months ago, we're changing our billing model and now it's going to be usage-based. And here's a report of your usage. So in November, we get this, here's your usage report. And you know, you read it, it says blah, 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 all this, this, all this. Contract's up in a month. My person responsible for that calls me and says, so. They gave us the quote for the renewal. It's 40 times what we paid this year, 4,000% higher. And I like I cleaned my ears out and put the headset back on and said, okay, let's, let's say that again. Yeah. <laughs> Going up by 4,000%. The monthly bill will be four times bigger than my annual bill. But they gave us a report two months ago that showed us how we could improve our ability to use it. This is used everywhere in the company. We closed the company books with this product. I got a month to fix it. And so they came back and said, don't worry. We'll only increase your price by 4X, 5X, and 6X over a three-year term, not 40X. So isn't that a great deal? <laughs> and uh, they say this with, what's amazing to me is that vendors can say this with a straight face. They don't even have the, the, the kind of, the, the class to be embarrassed when they bring this proposal to the CIO. Yeah, because they nobody's that unself-aware, right? I mean, they they see what a you know four thousand percent increase, and gee, Wayne, most of the other customers were very happy with it. Why are you upset by that? Yeah, well, aren't you getting value from it? Well, I don't <laughs> know because I didn't have the model until two months ago. We sent you, you know, a report that showed you how we did this. And I will also tell you, Bob, that's not the only vendor in this model. I'm another vendor in another area of the company. We've been using them for a while. And we have X number of customers, and they bill by the customer engagement. And their bill was for many times the number of customers we have. He said, we don't have that many customers. Oh, yeah, I think there's a bug in the way we calculate that. So, yeah, your bill is really only like an eighth of what we told you. Sorry. Uh the message to the vendors is you got to recover your money and cloud can be expensive. We all know this. And by the way, if you add AI, cloud gets more expensive. But, but vendors, if you're talking to us and you want us to be your partner, you want us to be singing your praises, you have to partner with us. You can't just have a transactional relationship. And with the SaaS model, it's a license. We're paying rent every month for a product. And when the contract ends, it's a new, it's like you're renewing the rent on your apartment. And if they want to raise your rent, move out. That's the only option you've got. And with the old model, you assume you bought an asset, bought a piece of software, and then you bought maintenance. So at least if they were trying to hike the maintenance excessively, you can keep the older product. In some cases, maybe you can find an alternate maintenance vendor, but you had more options. So the message to the CIO is when you sign a SaaS contract, be very careful about what happens at the end of that contract. Yeah. The best time to figure out what to do at the end of a contract is at the beginning, 
not as you get to the end. Yeah. And so I quite frankly have not seen, I'm, we've not been doing SaaS contracts, most of us, long enough to see renewals of the three yeah. and five year deals we had. But now that those chickens are coming home to roost, I'll say to the vendor, if you've got to change your business model because of the economics of your product in the market, you got to partner with this. You've got to have an engagement with the CIO and maybe the CFO and talk to us about value and not just say, here's your new bill, here's your new contract. And then expect that bombshell not to not to have you know collateral damage when it explodes in the boardroom. Yeah, yeah, pretty significant blast radius when you're talking about a four thousand percent increase. And you know what I mean. The other, the first one you mentioned, uh, seems almost trivial uh, in comparison. Yeah. But Wayne, I, um, you know, again, I. Hey, people are free to go out, charge whatever price you want, raise them, you know, if you can get it good for you. But there's a lot of tech companies out there. There's a lot of pretty smart tech companies. Um, I, I, It just puzzles me. There's a line in Midsummer Night's Dream when the, they, uh, who is it, the, the spirits in the forest, you know, come up and said, uh, now let us this fair pageant see, Lord, what fools these mortals be. And I just... We've got to trot that out there about some of these companies. Hey, who knows? Maybe you'll be the only company that says, "No, I could take, I could take four thousand. If you had raised it five thousand percent, I'd have to say no." But four thousand, yeah, that's golly. But, but they were showing us. See what a great we, deal we gave you. We only tripled and quadrupled the price. Isn't that a wonderful bargain, Wayne? And but your point about the partnership that comes up now, right? Uh, I think the ones that say, I don't have to get into partnership. This is just a simple, you know, use it. There's no code. Okay, good. That's that's a low value commodity sort of thing that goes in and out. Otherwise, I mean, this isn't something, you know, counting vacation days for, for people. This is, you are, as you've described quite eloquently here, these are essential tools to help run the whole company, the business, right? It And I just, I, anyway, I it's, it's baffling. So, Wayne, you being fairly new there, probably smarter the CIO, it seems like this is also like a learning point for the team. And so how did you try to impart as you're sharing with the viewers as well, this notion? So the best time to figure out the contracts at the beginning, not at the end or what to do at the end, figure that out at the beginning. Um, what other lessons would you share with folks about how to handle these sort of nutty situations? Well, the first thing is, of course, you walk in as a new CIO and you you get what you got. So when I say, show me the contract, and people say it's old, nobody has a copy. We now have a contract management tool in legal, but we put it in only recently. So 10-year-old contracts may not be in there. And we're looking at products. Take a product like ServiceNow, for example. I'm looking at ServiceNow at, at the company. And having the ability to manage IT assets and IT business and have tools that say, this contract is expiring, or this contract covers that service, but not that other service. So I can get my arms around the complexity of all the contracts and agreements that, that a company our size has, whether in IT or across the company. So put in a process for managing your contracts. Put in triggers. If something's going to happen and you have 90 days before the contract expires, tell them you better put a trigger before the 90 days so that they don't catch. Because a good vendor will partner. They'll call you up. The rep will call and say, you yeah. know, you're coming up for renewal, Yeah, but they don't have to do that. And so, Bob, I'll tell you a story about another contract. 
that has to do not with SaaS, but the traditional buy some software and license it in perpetuity and then pay maintenance. So we signed a contract many years ago, many years ago, for a piece of software on-prem, runs in the company. And the contract said, here's your price, sign here. But if your sales get above this number, some number that was seen as an astronomical number when they signed, you owe us more money. How much? The prevailing rate. An unknown, undetermined, unnegotiated number. So turns out we hit that threshold. Uh And the rep called and said, hey, I'm going to send you a bill. The contract? Owe us money. Oh, but. We have this new product we'd like to show you. And if you buy the new product, we'll waive that increase. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell everybody who's listening, that wasn't Oracle. I'm not talking about Oracle. But if you've ever worked with Oracle or SAP, you've been there. You know what happens when your contract comes up. There's always a gotcha that they can find in the terms, but they're willing to waive it if you just do something. So it becomes a win-win in a sense. And and I'm picking on these companies. It's the negotiating model that has been around with software since I've been doing it, and that's 40 years, Yeah, is a complex contract in a changing world that then gives the salesperson the opportunity to make you a deal. But sometimes it's, I'll make you the offer you can't refuse. Uh And again, we feel bad when that happens to us. Yeah. So the message to the vendor is, don't play the game, man. We know who you are and we know what you do. And if you treat us like children, we're going to react like, like children, petulantly. <laughs> if you treat us like adults and build a partnership, I think we get a better relationship. Yeah. Um, and it's not about how we can extract that last dollar from our customer. It's about how we can have a customer that was willing to say, and name the, they're willing to name the company and say, that company has been a great company for the last 10 years or 20 years or whatever. And you know what it's like, Bob, you were a communications guy for a big software company. If you have referenceable clients, the next sale becomes a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. It sure does. But, you know, and you have to do the hard work to get those customers, as you described, to be willing to be those reps. You have to show that partnership and you have to show that enduring value. And you can't just sort of believe like, well, I'd like to raise my prices 4,000%. Okay. Who's against 4,000? You know, who in the company wouldn't want to raise it 4,000? But Wayne, um, it sounds to me like some of these companies are still stuck in this. These vendors are still stuck in the mindset of we are in the tech business and we are selling to CIOs who are in the tech side of their company and it's their job now to go you know over to that other part of the company and talk to the cfo as if there's no sense that uh this is going to reverberate outside of the it organization i mean it maybe i'm just being naive or old-fashioned or something but it just sounds like a an absurd way to run a business right you got like you said it's they deserve to be able to have the right to say, we need to recover our costs. We need to grow. We're providing value. We want to see that value recognized in what you pay us. That's all fine. But wow, Wayne, any other, uh, I hope there are no other looming surprises there that you're you're finding in the, in the closets. Well, we haven't looked at all the contracts yet, but this has now triggered a contract review. 
and putting everything in the system that we use in the legal department now so we can find them in the future. But Bob, you know, let's talk, since we talk a lot about the future, let me talk about the future for one yeah. minute. And that is AI washing. Yeah. I'm looking at a lot of products. I'm looking at either renewals or I'm looking at brand new versions or completely new products. And it's almost like the old days of the cereal box or the detergent box, new, improved, contains, gleam, you know, whatever, some made up name. And now every product I look at is new, improved, contains AI, or even more specifically, contains generative AI. And you know what? Anytime anybody does a calculation longer than about this long, they go, that's AI. No, it's not. We know that. <laughs> our customers, our users may not know that, but we can explain it to them. So if you're really doing something with machine learning, if you're really doing something with AI, talk about it in the context not of the brand AI, but in what does this give me as a business value? How does this help? I'm, I'm working with a software company. We just signed with them. It's public. I can say it. it's a company called Relax. They do forecasting and they use a lot of different algorithms to forecast. And they have a machine learning component before the modern AI craze that if an algorithm is not a good predictor, it goes back and says, is there a better one that would have predicted January uh -huh. in November? Uh -huh. And it will fit a different algorithm. That's a machine learning application. It's really common in the forecasting industry. And it's very important to have. But it is not a radical change to the world. Right. It is a way for the machine, the computer, to say, let's try four different approaches instead of the human having to say, let me try this, let me try this, let me try this, let me try this. Uh -huh. There are places where AI, machine learning, even gen AI, really change what we're doing. You can't call every product an AI product just because it does two calculations in a row. So I guess I guess the theme of this is all about openness, honesty, and communication, Bob. I guess that's the theme running through all of these encounters. Yeah. Vendors, you gotta be open and communicate because we'll find out if you're not. Yes. And once once a vendor is uh, that discovery is made, and, you, and as somebody in your position, when a CIO finds uh, they're not, they haven't been honest with it. I, I don't know that you can get back on the list, right? You know, you, you, we demonstrate who we are by what we do, <clears throat> not by what we say. And if somebody sends, you know, sets you up like those three companies you mentioned, all right, then that's who we are. And I love your point about the AI stuff, Wayne. Too, it's extraordinary, it's remarkable. I'm a big fan, big proponent. But like you're saying. Um, <laughs> Now, suddenly everything, I remember there was one, you mentioned like the determinants, new and improved. And there was one, one detergent, I think they said, their big claim was, we give you whiter whites. <clears throat> I don't know, that just seemed um, beyond my ability to grasp that as a value proposition. But again, probably me being short-sighted, short narrow-minded here. Um, Wayne, That's because you were in communications and not marketing, Bob. Yeah. You were about you were about communicating clearly, not making <laughs> stuff up. No, sorry, no offense to my marketing friend. Sorry, not no no. Um, Wayne, uh, good stuff. There, good lessons too about this, right? Because, like you said, you know, contracts come, they go. Better to understand them up front. The contract management changes you're talking about doing there, and it seems like a lesson too for people that goes beyond those narrow things about contracts, but more so, what sort of relationship do we want to have with vendors? And as we evaluate these different vendors who come through for new things that you're doing, 
the technology part of it is one thing. The other part is how are they going to be to, to live with, to deal with, to work with, to co-create with. And if they don't meet pretty high standards now, they, they're just not going to have a shot. That's right. And, you know, I would like to get away from transactional vendor relationships. But I tell vendors, and I've told them this for 40 and more years, I don't want to have a plethora of transactional vendors. I want to have a few trusted partners. Yeah. I want to have the vendor that I go to and say, do you make this product? Because I need it. If you make it, I'll consider it. Because I trust their business process. I trust their integrity. I trust their architecture, their forward thinking, the way they treat my people. Yeah. Because it's not a product that you, it's not buying a pack of sugar that you put on the counter and either it's okay or not. I'm buying a complex product with complex relationships. And I'll say this too to the CIO, you got to invest in that relationship. Yeah. You've got to be on the user council. You got to go when they say we're coming and bringing the customers together. You got to get on a plane and go somewhere. I've been on two or three of them already. I'm going one next week in New York. You got to be willing to invest time to build that partnership. It's not one-sided. Yeah. And if you treat the vendor as a transaction partner and just beat them down in every negotiation, you've created the relationship yourself. That's right. So be the partner you want them to be. Yeah. And we'll all get along a lot better, whether we're in the old package world or in the modern world assess. Perfect. Perfect. Wayne, great stuff. Really enjoyed this. I hope that uh, your team, no doubt, will overcome those challenges you described with the the uh, different approaches you're taking there. And I hope that there's a lot of tech vendors now who look at this and say, huh, do we want to be on, you know, that side of the of the line here or the other? Because uh, it's a it's a businesses are going to be around for a long time. We'll see if all the different technology companies are around for a long time. But as you said, it's a choice. It's up to them. You want to play the game of partnership or you want to try to make it be a transaction and squeeze them out <clears throat> well wayne thank you always always a pleasure to see you uh kicking off the year with some lively ideas so thank you for that always a pleasure talking to you bob you bring out the best in me <laughs> not it's there all the time wayne anyway thank you sir and folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here on Cloud Wars Live. He's Wayne Saden, longtime friend of Acceleration Economy, now the CIO at PriceSmart. Thanks. We'll see you next time. <music>